Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. I'm Charlotte. I'm Chad. This Sunday is the first Sunday in Advent yeah. coming up. And you had suggested several, several times that we might look at the lectionary text. Yeah. And this time, we're going to do it. Because I can commit to four Sundays of about anything. Okay. So we'll do the four Sundays of Advent. And I think these are super interesting texts. Yeah. And um, although our enthusiasm for the first one may be waning already. But uh, <laughs> so you want to just get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So our f first text for the first Sunday of Advent, everyone, is from the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. This is Jesus talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good clarification, actually, when you jump in the middle of a chapter. Or something. Yeah, yeah, he's been talking for many, many verses. Here we go again. Okay. <laughs> but about that day and hour, no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken, and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, thank you, God. <laughs> so, I guess, first of all, I ain't got no baby Jesus, no Mary, no yeah. Joseph, nobody in this text. Why, what are we doing? Yeah, why are we reading this and it has nothing to do with... Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Oh, you're asking me? Okay. You take it. You take this one. Well, this is the thing about Advent. Um, so, in its most general sense, we're preparing for the coming of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. But there's two ways to look at that. The coming of baby Jesus or the coming of the Son of Man, and of course. So, Advent kind of covers both of those in a sense. Mm -hmm. The idea is, um, as he came once, he's going to come again. And so it, it has that dual role, role. So, yeah, but I think that takes people... I, I've had that question. Why are we talking about this before Yeah, it can Christmas? be shocking when yeah. people, especially, I think, for congregants who are like, we just did Thanksgiving, and now we're going to... We put up the... Uh, the greens throughout the sanctuary yeah. and our chrismon tree and like let's go and then they get uh this text about the a second the second coming the second eschatology coming. and some 
judgment and that's not what we're ready for right i mean we're not getting ready for the birth of christ no that That has happened that doesn't happen (laughs) yeah um so we use this time and i assume this is historically how it's been approached Mm -hmm. kind of that dual yeah um and early on it was more like lent people would be fasting right uh during advent Mm -hmm. Um, that's kind of gone by the wayside and in protestant traditions anyways yeah no it's just it's a feast the whole thing really is yeah 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 Yeah. so yeah yeah, so we're looking at this second coming the coming of the son of man text for advent right it's uncomfortable kind of place where we live between the first and second coming and what what shall we do yeah so what are we going to do with this text? It's not an easy text to parse. I <laughs> no, mean, it's not. It's really not. Um, and maybe we should say there, there are certain circles of Christianity that when they read this text, they have it all wrapped up. Right. To them, it refers to the rapture. Right. I don't think you can get that from this text. You have to come to this text with that, pre, with that presupposition in order to get that from the text, I, I would say. Well... Have we talked about this? The whole concept of the rapture has scant support in the scriptures. It basically depends on one text from Paul where the the trumpet is blown. I think we did talk about that when we talked about resurrection. Um, but that gets projected onto this passage. I don't know if there's warrant. I don't believe there's warrant. So I don't read this as a passage about the rapture. Right. I do read it as a passage about the second coming, but even that, you know, it's hard to know exactly how, well, let's just talk about it because I think the more we talk about it, the less clear it'll be. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we've all tuned in today. Okay, sure. So, okay, a couple things for sure, right? So, but about that day and hour, no one knows. Okay. Neither the angels of heaven... Now we've got a problem, though, I think, for me, nor the Son, but only the Father. That's a remarkable statement. Yes. <laughs> because the Son of Man and the Son are the same person, presumably. I mean, yes. Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. Yes. So even he doesn't know. Right. Which doesn't seem possible to me. But I'll take, I mean, I'll take the part where this is just another we're not going to know. Yeah. Although, although in all these preceding verse, verses, he's talking about sign, sign after sign after sign mm-hmm. uh, that we ought to be able to see in somehow. But will we know? No. The actual day and hour? No. Yeah. And can we just say that a lot of folks don't take that to heart? No. I know. They're I'm, always coming up with a day and an yeah, hour. Yeah, I know. And I whenever I, I see that, I'm like... The son doesn't know, but you know. Right. Okay. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then we've got this mixing of metaphors here, I think. So he first compares, for as the day of Noah were, so so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay. So here, like, 
people just have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Was it cosmically? Mm-hmm. What God is up to, or there's about to be this judgment or this cataclysmic event. <clears throat> They're just going about their going about their business, mm-hmm. and then they're swept up in this flood, right. with the ex- exception of Noah and his family. Those who were saved in the ark. But otherwise, they're just, they see nothing. There's no, like, a bad week <laughs> mm-hmm. or things getting worse. It's just, boom. There's not gone. years of tribulation. No. They're just gone. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. Okay. So, too, will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Yeah. So. They're doing daily activities. Yeah. 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 There's it couldn't be more ordinary. Right. Couldn't be more boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Boom. your daily chores. And one is taken, one will be left. So... If I'm looking at just the plain meaning of this text, it seems to me that the one who is taken, who is gone, mm-hmm. I would equate with the ones who were swept away. Swept away, like in Noah's day. Yeah. Yeah. That that would not be good. That, that would... is not the favorable disposition here. Right. Mm-hmm. And the one who is left would be... Left is left. <laughs> is still is whatever else has happened is still either in the field or grinding meal or is alive and is still existing. Not in some swept way. away. Not swept away, which seems to me to be, I don't know, safe in some. Certainly, there's more safe than being swept away. Which I think is the op- is the opposite reading of the rapture folks. Yes, they're going to say the ones taken away are being raptured. Right. But if you compare, like you just did, with Noah, the ones who are swept away, that's not the good place to be in. No. <laughs> no, you're underwater in the flood. And so if you carry that into what Jesus is saying, those who are taken away are not in the good place to be. Whatever right. that means. Right. I mean, I get the, I, I can see I can see that. So, but then, (laughs) we have this, keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Okay, so we've reiterated that. Yeah, you don't know. Be awake. But it will be on May 21st. Okay. Keep awake, therefore, for you don't know on what day the Lord is coming. Mm -hmm. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. That just reiterates for me the whole be ready thing. Yeah. For an unexpected event. And again, I'm going to say something is being taken. You do you do not know the fate of that thing that's being taken, but it's gone and lost. The thief, whatever the thief has taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. There's a third at least in, in this small uh, pericope here. Unexpected, unexpected, unexpected. You will not know. I mean, it's so hard to know how much we're supposed to read into this. I mean, his general point could be simply, you don't know, 
be ready. But I'm more tempted to <laughs> read more into it. Like, well, because we have to, the lectionary is tasking us. Or some <laughs> you got to do anyway, a whole sermon <laughs> to preach on it in some way, right? Yeah. Of course, I don't preach. Be ready, y'all. You don't know. <clears throat> What's the good news in that? <laughs> he is coming. Yeah, I think he's coming back, and there is some kind of rectitude, right? I mean, there's there's a there is maybe a moral order or something that we can't see, as you were kind of saying. Yeah, that's going to be revealed here, which will be vindicating in some way, I assume. Yeah. So I mean, as I was looking at this and looking at kind of the language, so when it says in in the second verse. That the coming of the Son of Man, the word that's used there is um, parousia, which is often used to refer to the second coming. That word parousia, parousia, the Greek word, is a combination of two words, para and ousia, which means to be with. But when you look up uh, in lectionaries the meaning of the word, almost every time, at least in the ones I looked at, almost every time the first definition is presence. Mm. so that uh, so here's one way to think about it or at least one way I've been thinking about it that the coming of the son of man is a revealing of, of the divine presence mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and when that happens you've got two people doing some mundane task you can't tell the difference between the two of them but when that presence is revealed then all of a sudden who they are is revealed one's taken one's left mm -hmm. does that make sense? yeah um, I don't know what to do with that, but kind of this idea that when the Son of Man is fully revealed, again, going back to something, not, this, this idea that God is somewhat hidden in this world, but in the next world, age, whatever, God is no longer hidden, then all the cards are on the table. Everything's revealed for what it is. I mean, that's one way, I, or at least that's my temptation to want to read this text as saying, when the Son of Man is revealed... These two people who are indistinguishable, both are in a field doing the same thing. In other words, they're indistinguishable. Now, all of a sudden, you can distinguish one from the other in the light of Christ. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if that's how it should be read, but that is a thought that comes to my mind. I don't know. I, I mean, I do get the sense of you're waiting, be awake, uh, attentive, be watchful. And then it's going to happen. That's kind of a good word, I think. Right? That at some point you're waiting and watching, which in this world is difficult. Because it's not just, when, you know, when we are told to be watchful, it's more about how we live our lives than it is looking. You know what I mean? Being, right. Being watchful is kind of a metaphor for be attentive to how you're living according to the way of the kingdom. Uh, versus, oh, I'm looking for Jesus to come back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so perhaps a good word is, look, you're going through life, living according to the way of the kingdom, which is not always easy. Sometimes you end up the loser, according to the world's way of looking at things. Um, but one day that's going to come to the end, and your good heart will be revealed yeah. for what it is. Mm. So that might be a, a, a way to read it. Yeah. It's interesting that these two pairs 
are both engaged in the same tasks, mm -hmm. which I think would lead us to believe, you know, they're in the same um, social class hierarchy, etc. Uh -huh. Right. So it's not there. There's a rich man and a poor man. Right. There's yeah. some some any kind of outward sign. Two people right? are sitting in church by each other. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're just. Two people are doing the same thing. You couldn't tell them apart. They may not be able to... I, th I don't think it's any kind of stretch to assume that they would know each other mm -hmm. in some way, if nothing else, the smallness of the community. But I think particularly the two women who are grinding meal together. And then there there is some... There's this hidden distinction. Yeah, the, a hidden distinction, exactly. Which could be good news or bad news. <laughs> Depending on which one you are. I mean, it, the general idea about keep awake, be expectant. I mean, that's why it's such a great passage for Advent, you know. Um, and it doesn't resolve easily. And maybe that's part of the Advent um, flavor of it. Yeah, I think you can get... I mean, a couple things, if if nothing else, that we've maybe already noted, some of them, that the text pushes back against may be helpful. So the idea that you can't know or calculate the date. Three times in this text, no, yeah. you won't know. Right. Also, this isn't... I mean, like I think what you said, trying to use the example, I think I might pull that, would pull that in the sermon if I was preaching this about two people sitting in the sitting same pew. Sitting in the same right? pew, yeah. Um, but that they're both engaged in the similar activity. You can't see anything. This isn't, you know, one has professed and one hasn't or something like it's that. It's not the sinner. It's not the righteous and the sinner. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We don't know what quite even what it is. Yeah. But, and they're also still working. There's activity. Also, nobody's resting on a kind of surety of their salvation. Yeah. Here. No resting on our laurels. No. It is judgment, though, right? Isn't that kind of the flavor yeah. of it? That when the Son of Man comes, what is truly the case will be revealed. And here's the thing. I mean, we, we read this text in terms of the second coming, which is appropriate, I think. But, I mean, the revealing might happen just at the end of my life and mm -hmm. not necessarily at this grand event. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, the the whole idea of being... Awake and watchful. What am I saying? I don't know. No, I think that's interesting because you're meeting Christ either way. Either the confrontation way. is happening. Yeah. Whether that's the end of your life or you it don't is the know when that thief is breaking in, whether it be the end of my life or the end of history. Gosh, and I wonder, you know, could it could it be revealed also in a in a question or a conversation within these pairs too? You know, that person mean? that you think you know and mm -hmm. you've been working with and been friends with forever. Mm -hmm. And then there is that, um, you know, a political lichpin or something else. And then you go, oh, I didn't know you at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. You were going to vote for so-and-so or you're this, this uh, Supreme Court decision that I'm really upset about, you're really excited about. Mm -hmm. And oh, I don't know you. 
That can be a revelation. But how also just like terrifying to think that you could be so near somebody and then have them whether once whether swept away is good or bad just right. entirely separated at some moment yeah. without any warning either yeah. should and does that say something about how we ought better to be living with one another too so not just keeping out for <clears throat> how is my household doing and how is my life aligned or not with the kingdom of heaven but do I want to lose my buddy or not? Hmm. I don't know. So what do you think this idea of being awake and being watchful and expectant looks like in our everyday living? I don't know. Yeah. But if I'm going to play off of Jesus and these different sayings around expecting a guest or expect expecting this coming, which is should be should be a happy event, should mm -hmm. be somebody I'm glad to see, right? If I want to draw some parallels between that and what I do when I'm expecting guests in my home or my life, mm -hmm. is preparing myself and the space to receive them, and that often means looking at those things through the guest's eyes rather than my own. Okay. So in my own life, you know, things in my apartment that might need fixing that mm -hmm. I can live with, sure. You know, that plant's looking sad. It needs to be trimmed. Mm -hmm. The doorknob's broken. There's some grime in the corners of the rooms, you mm -hmm. know. And then when I think of a guest seeing that, it's absolutely unacceptable, yeah. right? And so you start picking at those things. And you start picking at them from, let's say, you know, the guest is coming this afternoon. Well, what's the biggest problem? Let's get on that first. And mm -hmm. you make a hierarchy of issues, you know, that mm -hmm. need to be addressed and are in this kind of flurry to see how how much you can get done before that person comes. But it's like, and it's like a constant reassessment even when i'm like okay things seem pretty good they seem mm -hmm. pretty good oh the blind is bent over uh, there you know oh this or oh i should i gotta put on my lipstick you know there's some there's like always something that could be done so i'm one i'm thinking about kind of reassessing a continual not re a continual assessment of ourselves and our environment as far as ways that we are not aligned with the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. So either as citizens of the kingdom of heaven or societally areas where it's not aligned with the kingdom of heaven and just keeping that work going mm -hmm. to hopefully that in this confrontation that will happen at the second coming, we will find ourselves in the right camp. Ready. I don't know. Prepared. Now, see, now when I hear myself say that, now it sounds like works righteousness or something. But that the, but we still have been tasked and we made a pledge in our baptism that this is exactly what we'll do. Yeah. Right. Well, when he says awake and be watchful, I don't take him to mean, oh, we should be looking around for, is Jesus coming now? Is Jesus. No. I, I take yeah. it to mean we are to be preparing ourselves Ready. for that event. Yeah. Which I take that to mean, you know, maybe we can just use the 
the rule of love. What areas in my life or what areas in the community I belong in are we not loving God and neighbor? Right. More specifically, neighbor, because that's the concrete area where we can make progress. Right. Um, and that kind of lines up with the early church, how they would fast, how Advent was a time of preparation for the arrival. Right. This royal entity is coming, and so you're getting ready. But they were uh, approaching that in terms of uh, spiritual reflection and repentance. What, wasn't that part of it? I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah. <clears throat> of course, the idea is we're, we're always being awake, watchful. It's kind of like a combination of the parable about, you know, keep your lamps full. Mm-hmm. And then also the parable about the tares and the wheat. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and I are doing spiritual work, that may be indistinguishable from the other people we're around. Or if our community is doing spiritual work, um, in some ways, they may not look a whole lot different than other people, but when Christ is revealed, oh, all of a sudden, oh, wow, these people were doing some real, some real work. Right. So, always be getting ready. <laughs> Even though you don't know when. Even though you don't know when. That, that kind of makes it perpetual. Yeah. 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 So this is not a one or done one and done faith. I'm ready, so I can re- I can rest on my laurels. No. Well, there's always room to grow, whether it be individually or in the community. There's always room. Yeah. Because we're that great. Yeah. <laughs>